forever. This past week, as many of you know, Texas passed a law. Okay, now watch. Listen to me. Oh, he's going to get political. No, I'm not. This is totally spiritual. I, I showed you this for a reason. The law says that when a baby's heartbeat is detected, that you shouldn't um, perform abortions anymore. Okay. Now, I am shocked. No, I'm not. Well, let's be real. Look at the reaction that came forward. This is inhibiting a woman's health rights. Excuse me? What about the health of the children that are within inside the woman? If this is about women's health, what about the approximately 50% of babies that would have been women that are now being killed? Here's the other thing that came out of the administration which floored me. They said, <laughs> they said that this is unfair to minorities and, and people who don't have a lot of means and poor people. And this is wrong. This is going to affect minorities. So I want to speak to my minority, my, my brothers and sisters who are brothers from an, and sisters from another mother. Our skin color may be different, but you're just as much my blood as anybody else. No, no, no. You're more my blood than anybody else that lived or survived or didn't survive on this earth. You are more my blood because we are bound by Christ Jesus for eternity. Amen. So here's what they're saying to you. Figure out this man's wisdom. So what are you saying? That this affects minorities and poor more. So now what you're saying is there are not going to be enough minority and poor babies killed? Think about that. Oh, Tony, that's circular reasoning. No, it's not. It's direct. That is direct. That's direct. Well, Tony, why would you bring that up in church? I'm going to tell you why. Because for too long, for at least the last 40 or 50 years, people in my position have shut up. And we went ahead and we went about the church's business inside the four walls. And we thought as long as we can go along to get along, we were going to grow the church and we were going to save people. Well, look at where that has gotten us. No, 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 no. Maybe if more people in my position would have spoken out, we may have prayer in school still. Maybe if more people would have spoken out, maybe their abortion wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been right to kill babies in the first place. You cannot be the shining city that cannot be hid. You cannot be that city that cannot be hid and just go along to get along. You cannot. Oh, what are you saying, Tony? We all need to be political activists? No. You need to live your life and be, be bold about speaking truth. Hallelujah. There are so many other things that are happening. I'm not going to mention again. Yes, I am. Our brothers and sisters who are being slaughtered. How about our government is so concerned about women? What about all the women that are being taken out of their homes regardless of age and given over to Taliban soldiers to do what they will? How come we're not hearing about that? How come our government is not standing up for those women? My brothers and sisters, I am not political. I am a born-again child of God who sees these things and cannot just stand by and make believe that it's not happening. I'm telling you, the sheep of his flock, I am just the under-shepherd. I want to follow the sheep, that great shepherd of the sheep, Jesus. Those things are not okay with him. 
And we are his voice on this earth. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are him in action. We are the city that can't be hidden. But we've been hidden for too long. And so here's what happens. We listen to what they tell us. So now you, you believe that, well, this is an attack on, on women's health matters. This is an attack on women. This is an attack on minorities. This is an attack on poor people. And you're listening to that. Don't you even look at me that way, some of you. You're Because li- you're voting for these people. You keep putting them in office. They keep killing kids. And you're okay with it. Hallelujah. i got to get my hold of myself right now. Hallelujah. Lord... Man's wisdom is what we're listening to. We're listening to these people and they're telling us this stuff and we're believing it. I'm hearing so much gobbledygook, so much stuff, so many lies, so many things that are even trying to change the way we speak so that it doesn't have the same psychological uh, effect on us. We can't, I heard this week that we can no longer call people who are addicted to drugs drug addicts. What? We can't call... Women, women, we can't use pronouns anymore in the culture and we, can't, and we should not ever say anything to the effect like a man, is, a man can't give birth. Wait a minute, I'm not making this up. Can anybody testify? My brothers and sisters, think about this. So now I'm going to go back. Oh, well, I'm going to preach now. That wasn't preaching. I'm going to preach now. Here's where we were last week. We were in James 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Not the world. Not the government. Not this party, that party, the other party. Not this movement. Not this political action group. Not not this professor. Not this teacher. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to, to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that person suppose that he or she will receive anything from the Lord. He or she is a double-minded person, unstable in all their ways. My brothers and sisters, this is the problem in the church. We're trying to live in the world and in the church or in Christ Jesus. It doesn't mix. And for the last X amount of years, whatever you think it is, 40 or 50, whatever it is, for these last decades, we've been doing that, again, going along to get along and look at where we are. And look at, has it, what, what has it really done? Has it grown the church? No. Our young people are turning their backs on Christianity in droves. Go along to get along, and that's what you get. So remember where we were also in Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His only Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. Now look at this with me. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Fulfilled in us. The righteous requirement of the law will be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So what is that saying? The righteous requirement of the law will be fulfilled in us who are not trying to half-step it, who are not trying to live with one foot in the world and one foot outside in the the church or in Christ Jesus. No, we've got to be walking according to the Spirit of Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the promise from the Father. We're supposed to be walking according to that. That informs our lives. And when it says walking, it means live. How do you know that, Tony? Because I'm extremely smart. For those who live... 
There's where, that's how I know that. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity or is opposed, opposes or in opposition to God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. So look, we've, we've covered a lot of ground last week as it relates to the wisdom and following the Spirit. We're going to continue. I believe Holy Spirit is leading me. And so I pray right now, Lord God, that you would help us as we continue in this teaching, in this preaching, in this line that I believe that you've ordered. Father, give us grace. Father, not to go ahead and live the same life that we lived. Give us grace that we might understand what your will is as you're speaking to us this morning. And then, Lord, that same grace to empower us to live what we received this morning. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that anybody and everybody under the sound of my voice who has not made you Lord of their life, Jesus, that somehow through this message they'll have an unction by your Holy Spirit and they will commit to you. And for those who have been teetering, Lord God, I pray that this will be the message that gets them to fully commit. Lord, not just their mind, but everything that they are to you. Lord, I pray that those who are hurting and sick in their bodies and going through a season of darkness, even just in their emotions or mentally, Lord, I pray that in this message, as they're hearing it, your Holy Spirit is healing them in their mind, in their bodies, in their emotions. Lord, that we are totally healed from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Father, in Jesus' name, I beg these things. Amen? And amen. So we're going to go to 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, here's what it says. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. See, now remember where we were. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace, right? Okay, so now he's saying that we need to arm ourselves with the same mind that Christ had. For he who has suffered in the flesh... Now, let me pause here for a moment. You see how I underline he there for you? Now that's for any person, he or she, obviously. But it's not Jesus. This is, this is meaning for human beings. This is, not, this is other than Jesus. This is speaking to us, right? For he or she, for whoever suffers in the flesh, has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Did you hear that? See, there's something that happened. When I became born again, I was supposed to die to myself, die to the flesh. And that's what, I, I've, I've had a question about water baptism. Hey, I, I just want to make an announcement here and now. Anybody who wants to be water baptized, please come and see me. We'll, I'll be more than happy. I will rejoice. I will be honored to help you in that direction. Anyone. My brothers and sisters, but listen, when that's, that's what this is talking about. I, I, I get into water, and now I got up out of that water. Many of you know this. That's why I believe in full immersion, because that is signifying the old Tony went underwater and died. And the new Tony came up out of that water to live, listen, no longer according to the flesh of the old Tony, but now to the newness of life in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? So that's what this is speaking about. This is speaking about, you know, putting our own flesh to death. And listen, I'm gonna, I, I would be lying to you if I told you, and I know that many of you in this room who are veterans of the faith, when I got baptized and when I became born again, you know, my battle didn't stop. It just started. 
It just started. And uh, amen. I, I, so I know that many of you are living, who are in this room shaking your heads, yes, you know. And, and you know what that proves? That proves you're doing it right. If it was easy, then that means you're not doing it right. Well, uh, that doesn't mean that anybody who is not born again has an easy life. Because I also know people that have been in this church, and maybe some people who are in this church, who are not born again and still don't have a cakewalk. So just because you do have a cakewalk, that doesn't mean you're saved. And just because you don't have a cakewalk, that doesn't mean you're saved. Okay, okay. Don't shout me down. I had a couple of amens. So now let's jump ahead now into Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16. I'll be reading out of the uh, English Standard Version. But I say, walk by the Spirit. We know that means live by the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of God. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. So that means, look, my fleshly desires are against God's Spirit. What I desire in the natural, it goes against what God, listen, God's plan for me, God's way, God's will. It's against God, right? That's why I have to kill that. Amen? I can't live according to that. That's why, listen, I can't go according to men's wisdom. I can't go according to what men think, what men suppose, man's science. God created science. Man's science. I can't go according to all of that. What I must do, what I absolutely must do, is go, live my life, walk this out according to the Spirit, God's Spirit that He gave me. Amen? Oh, Tony, that's so rudimentary. Everybody in here and everybody who's watching online knows that. If that is true, then why aren't we succeeding at it? Boy, I got a little quiet, a little quiet, a little quiet. It's okay. We're not there yet. So I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. So the f- that's one of the things, too. We have to fight that. Why? Because the things that uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord wants us to do goes against our natural man. So that, that's what makes it sometimes a little bit more difficult. And so what we've trained our kids to know or understand is that the things that we, they should be doing, that we're asking them to do or not do as it were, that goes against their own ideas, thoughts, their own appetites humanly. You know, those things, you've got to stop, you can't do that. And then here we go. We ourselves, come on now, we ourselves compromise a little bit which shows our kids something. But then also, when our kids fail at those things, they feel condemned, and then they just continue to do it in secret because, you know why? Because they're, not, they're failing at it. They're not successful at it, and it can't be done. See, the Jesus that uh, Pastor Tony preaches about and that people get excited about, I don't see that being lived out, or I don't, I don't feel that. It doesn't work in my life. I, I still have all of these problems. I still have friends at school that make fun of me. Or I still, you know, my friends are doing all of this, and they're happy. And, you know, some of them are Christians, and so on and so forth. Let me just tell you something. I'm using our young people as an example, but that happens to us older people as well. We may not be readily to admit it. We may, we may not be willing to uh, recognize it. We may go ahead and even justify it. Well, that's Pastor Tony's interpretation. That's Pastor Tony's conviction. I'm just saying what the Bible says, my brothers and sisters. So let's continue. The spirit, the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Can it be any more clear than that, my brothers and sisters? 
Can it be any more clear than that? See, my, listen, young brothers, young sisters, those of you who are struggling and, and you're not as successful as you, as you and I hear you pre- preaching, Pastor, and I, listen, stop trying to live in your own strength. Stop trying to live according to what your own intellect. Don't pick up this book and see this thing as the do's and the don'ts. See this thing as Jesus, your Lord, your Savior. I talked to someone who I've been witnessing to for a while this week, and he, he, the, the young man is trying. And so I said, hey, let, let me ask you, are you reading? He said, uh, he said yes. I said, well, where have you started? Genesis. Genesis. No, don't, don't, don't read that first. Well, I was, he was just going to start at the beginning. And go, no, don't read that first. I said, go to the Gospels. Read John, and then go backwards. Luke, Mark, Matthew. Go there first, and let's talk about it a little bit. Hey, let me just tell you a little bit of something about John. When you go to John, here's some of the scriptures that you're going to read. That's telling you right off the bat who Jesus is and who God is. Jesus is God, and God is love. So start there. And then once you get to know God, then these scriptures, Genesis through Revelation, will make more sense to you. Okay, is, is that right? So now watch, look. We need to live our lives being led by God's Spirit. If we're trying to do it according to some do's and don'ts, according to some rules, or according to some doctrine or denomination, or, or something that's been said to us, it's not going to work. Why? You need the Holy Spirit of God to teach you, to guide you, to help you, to comfort you. Isn't that what the Holy Scriptures say that He is? Absolutely, He's the Spirit of truth. He's the promise of the Father. All of these things. Right? Hallelujah. He's the paraclete in Greek. He's the helper. Hallelujah. Not parakeet. Paraclete. He's the helper. He's... See, and that's why Jesus, and you, I'm going to say stuff that you all have heard. Definitely from this pulpit. I don't know if I'm out of camera range or not, so I better get back up in here. Definitely from this pulpit. Come on. Jesus, his Holy Spirit, he said, it's important for you that I go. If I don't go, I can't send him. And he is so key to your success. He is your helper. He is your comforter. He's the spirit of truth. He's going to lead and guide you in all truth. See, I can't say anything or everything that I want to say to you right now. Why? Because you it'll blow your mind. You're not going to understand it. But when He comes, He's going, Hallelujah! He's going to give you a supernatural ability to remember. Help me there, Lord. <laughs> Come on. Come on. So now verse 19 of Galatians 5. Now the works of the flesh are evident. And now I put this here specifically, and let let me tell you why. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Look at those those first three. Covers everything as it relates to the, the, the appetite for physical relations in our bodies. Listen. Are you where? Are you there? See, so listen. So just because you may not believe in homosexuality, but you're fornicating, same. Sexual experiences are God intended for a man, one man, one woman, husband, wife, period. That's it. How can you say that, Tony? That's Old Testament. It's New Testament as well. How can you say that, Tony? You know how I can say it? Because it's true. Now, man's wisdom says something different. 
But now who are you going to believe? Amen. So now look, if, if that's God's word and that's God's wisdom. and that, See, now well, listen, God didn't say that just because he wanted to keep you under his thumb. God knows what that does to individuals. God knows how we're wired. He made us. And he knows once we start getting loose in that department, we're done. Number one, you can't go to heaven being a fornicator or being immoral. You can't go to heaven that way. You can't. How do I know that? Because he says it. We'll get there in a second. But, but my brothers and sisters, beyond that, once you start compromising in any area, and it's specifically that area, you're, you, you, you're going to compromise in all areas. Okay, so let me go ahead because I could stay there all day. Idolatry. Now, we know what idolatry is. That doesn't mean you have a totem pole or a statue in your backyard. What it does mean is anything that you put before God, it could be your job, it could be your family, it could be your kids. That's why Jesus said, look, if any was going to be my disciple, if any, they're going to, you're going to have, listen, I'm telling you, you, when you come to me, you've got to turn your back on your family. I've got to be number one. Is Jesus saying that you should actually hate your mother, your brother? No, no, no. What he's saying is, I've got to be number one. If you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to follow me, then I have to be number one. So idolatry is, my job can't take precedent over Jesus. Yeah, but Tony, you know, Jesus gave me my job and he's blessed me. Yeah, but Jesus didn't give you a job so that you could spend time away from him. Jesus didn't, didn't, didn't give you a job so that you could spend time away from your family. Jesus didn't give you a job just so that you'd be rolling the money, have a bigger house, more cars. More. No. No. We're supposed to be building our eternal life, not our earthly life. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a house, you shouldn't have a I'm not saying that. But when you put that stuff before Christ, that's idolatry. When you're more focused in on how you're getting that next thing instead of how you're taking that next step of grace, how I'm growing in the grace. When you're thinking about that, then that's idolatry. Are you there? Okay. Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm struggling with the anger thing. I'm struggling a little bit with the anger thing. No, no, no. Hey, listen. And it's, not, it's, it's these people that continue to try to lie to all of us and to all of my grandchildren, to all of my children, that are lying to our children to try to get them to sway a certain way, to turn their backs on God, to forget about God. That making me angry. It makes me angry when I think about our government abandoning people in Afghanistan who are our brothers and sisters. Oh yeah, I know God is going to sustain them. I, I, I get that. But it just pains me to know that there are people People suffering physically right now. Fits of anger, rivalries. Do you get in contest with your... With, listen, I, I don't care about that church down the street. They church, I don't care about that. I don't care about that next pastor. I don't care about that next whoever. Name them. I don't care. Managers in the company that I'm managing with right now. I don't care what they do. That's up to them. That's between them and the boss. That's, I don't care about all of that. I don't have to be better than anybody else. The only thing I have to do is be the best, listen, the best disciple that Jesus called me to be. That's it. Are you with me? Now, is that going to please everybody? No. In fact, it's going to displease a lot of people. Look at some of the empty chairs that you see. I've already, it's already displeased a lot of people. But, but you know what? I'm just going to keep plugging. You're just going to keep plugging. You just got to keep being the best disciple that Jesus called you to be. Amen? Amen. All right. Rivalries. Dissensions. Divisions. Envy. I'm so sick of the jealousy and, and we... 
And, and you know what? The enemy and other people who want to take control of you, they're always pointing to this one, to that one, to get you to go ahead and be envious or jealous of what they have or what... Come on. So that you could stay divided and be... Drunkenness. Drunkenness. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to park here for a minute. The Bible says very specifically, you know... Uh, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawl. It, it tells us in Proverbs, you shouldn't do these things. Now, certainly if you're involved in ministry, you shouldn't be doing it, period. Now, let me ask you something. I'm not going to quibble. I'm not going to get into it, but I'm telling you, why would you do it in the first place? And not just alcohol, but what about some of the drugs and some of the medications that we anesthetize ourselves with? Now, if you're on um, prescription medicine, I'm not criticizing you. So please hear my heart. I'm not saying that if you throw all your pills away, I was under a ministry like that, where if you didn't throw all your pills away, you had no faith. I'm not saying that. But here's what I am saying. Think about something. Why is it that we'll go ahead and we'll trust whoever's manufacturing those tablets, that whatever they've made those tablets from is going to solve our problems? In the meantime, the God that created us gives us his word, and he allows us to go to him wherever, whenever, in prayer, but we don't trust that. Listen, you know, we'll go ahead and we'll, you know, we'll relax. We're going to lay back a couple or we're going to smoke a little pot. And I'm telling you guys something that is straight from the pit of hell. All of this CBD, and this is the answer to so many problems, and they're prescribing it now as medicine and all this stuff. I can hardly stop at a light and not smell marijuana coming from somebody's car who stopped at that light near me. Somebody in here tell me I'm lying. So they're driving it. They're driving with it. Come on. So my brothers and sisters, look it. Well, this is all good stuff. No, that's what, listen, that's what, the, that's what the, the wisdom of men says. This is all good. It's not good. Orgies and things like these. Orgies? Oh, well, that's a little extreme, Pastor. Is it? My brothers, my sisters, I'm telling you as... as abominable as that sounds to some of us good Christian folks, when you're doing some of these other things, it's just as bad. See, so you can pick out in here some of these things and you could say, well, this is bad and that's, well, you know, I have a... And you could try to justify your anger issue or you could try to justify, well, occasionally I tip it back or you could justify, well, I've been prescribed the marijuana or you could be... You could... You could anything and everything. Well, you know, I do need... I do have a, you know, a, a big family so I need a mansion, uh, not this regular house or I do have this issue or that issue so I, you know, I have to have this. The guy down the street has that or my family, my relatives have this so, you know, I... I'm entitled to that as well. No. If you are looking at any of that, it's just as bad as orgies. Oh boy. Did he really say that? Yeah, I did. You know why I said? I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. All of those things that he just mentioned, all of them will, listen, will negate you from the kingdom of God. Oh boy. Now, wonder why you can't fill up a sanctuary, Tony. Oh, well. Oh, well. Here's what I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters. We may qualify and classify things, but he doesn't. 
So all of these things, us holy Christians want to sit in there on a Sunday, and some of us, I praise God for you guys, by the way, that come on Wednesdays. You know, we're, no, 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 no. These things have, the, the reason why we're meeting together is so that we hear the Word of God, so we pray together, we lift each other up, and these things are, 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 are just thrown out of our lives. We don't want to have any part of these things because we come together, we pray. We're seeking Holy Spirit power. We're seeking wisdom. We're seeking help. We're seeking comfort. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Holy Spirit. When I talk about Holy Spirit, because I'm not shy about being a full gospel minister, it scares people. There are people who have come up in different denominations and, you know, and, and quite frankly, uh, it's been abused and, and we've made note of that before. You know, the flapping the wings and the falling out and all of that showy stuff that the Bible speaks to specifically. That, it, that No, that's not really how it's supposed to be. So because some people have abused it and because some people have done things that are wacky, it scares people. Other people just say, well, if God wants me to have tongues, or if God wants me, if. if See, the minute you put if in front of it, you're not going to get it. Why? Because you have to ask. And if you're not asking, you won't get it. And I'm going to show you that here in a second. But you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that we're, is the one that we're getting wisdom from. It's God's Spirit in us that makes all the difference in the world. We have to teach our children this, that the Holy Spirit is what you need, young person, just like you old people. We need Holy Spirit so that when we are being challenged, we know what to say because Holy Spirit has taught us the Word. We didn't just read some words on a page. Holy Spirit told us what this means. And because we have, listen, my words are spirit and they are life. Who said that? Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of... Okay. See, so we, we have to take this for what it's saying, and just absolutely, positively trust and believe it. Just like you're believing... Every, does anybody ever remember... This has been long ago. I'm probably talking, Michelle, help me out if you remember. Um, wasn't there someone that was messing with Tylenol pills or something? In the, does everybody remember that? Okay, so now people were messing with those things. And so now you're going to the grocery store, and you're, and you're, and you're opening it, and you're taking it. You're trusting that whatever that was supposed to be it is. Now, again, I, I want to make clear to you. I'm not saying, oh, don't take anything. Don't try. No, I'm not saying that. But look at how much trust we put in those things and compare that to the amount of trust that you're putting in this that I'm holding up the Bible right now. Compare that. Okay. Wisdom of man, wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, man's wisdom. Acts chapter 1. Uh, some of this will be on the board, some of it won't, but just, pair with, just please uh, bear with me a minute. In verse 4, beginning, being assembled together with them, this is Jesus, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, what, so let me ask you something, what's the promise of the Father? What are they going to be baptized with? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. How do I know that? Because I'm smart. No, because we just read it. Okay? 
So this is why I'm breaking this down for you, my brothers and sisters. I can break this down, but this is not my translation. And you have just as much Holy Spirit to help you break this stuff down and to read through the Scriptures and know what they mean. Amen? So look at what, he, again, from John baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. So now think about this. He's risen from the dead. See, he's about to ascend into heaven. And this is the, one of the, last, this is the last time that he's meeting with them. He's already risen from the dead. He's already told them a lot of things. He's already spent 40 days on earth and ministering to not just them, but to many people. But he's already appeared to them several times. Remember, they got to touch him. They knew that that body that went in the grave came out of the grave. They stopped hiding out now. They're, now they're living openly. Why? Because they know in whom they believe. Hallelujah! They know that he truly is Christ. He truly is the Messiah. And so now he's telling them, listen, you need to do this thing. And so they still don't get it. Because they're saying, okay, so then when we go to Jerusalem, is that when you're going to restore the kingdom? See, they're still looking for the kingdom on earth, the fleshly, the earthly kingdom, the Davidic reign. Are are you with me? Come on. Now, listen, David still reigns. He does. Yeah, in Christ Jesus. It's an eternal kingdom, a kingdom without end. So it's eternal. So now, stay with me. Verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Did they make it to the end of the earth? No. But we are. Right now, as I'm preaching and teaching, that video, this, this video and audio is going worldwide. There have been people that listen to us in the Middle East, in Russia. There are people, the, the gospel is going worldwide. But they couldn't do that. So some people say, well, Jesus was just speaking of the known earth, the, the, you know, that era. No, he was not. Did Jesus know that there was a bigger earth than what was just there? Absolutely he did because he spoke it into existence. So when he's talking about the whole earth, the uttermost parts of the earth, he's talking about the whole earth, not just the known earth that they knew. Hallelujah! So he's talking to you and to me. He's talking to us. He's saying, look it, in order for you to be my witnesses, you have to be endued with power. You have to have power. Well, they already believe him. And they already have Holy Spirit. They had Holy Spirit? Yes, uh, they had Holy Spirit. Let me remind you of something. Let let me do this. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they they watched, he was taken up into a cloud, received, and and was received him out of their their sight. He was taken up into the clouds, eventually out of their sight. And when they looked steadfastly toward heaven, he went up. Behold, two men stood by in white apparel, who, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into the heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you to heaven will also come in like manner, Hallelujah. There's no reason why I read that to you. Because I want you to know that he went. He left. That was it. Right? Okay. So now let's go to John real quick. You don't have to go there, but just write it down. You can check me out later, but it's going to be on the board. In John chapter 20, in verse 19. The same day at evening, the first day of the week. This is the, listen, this is the day that he rose from the dead. Okay? Remember, in the morning, he appeared to the women, and he appeared to Mary Magdalene, right? This is that same day, but in the evening. The apostles, they all they know is, he's not in the grave, he's risen. Some of the women say they've seen him. Now, they also have the two that were on the road to Emmaus that seen him. 
And they came back to Jerusalem and they told him. So now listen. So now they're, they're all huddled up and they're in this room. And so here we go. That same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst. And he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. You you see that? When you look at your Bible, that's going to say that. I didn't write that. God did. But wait a minute. We just saw just before he left to heaven, he's saying, go to Jerusalem because you need to be endued with power. The promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. But he already gave him the Holy Spirit. This makes no sense, Tony. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. Uh, Hallelujah. I just want to, re- I want to call to your attention a couple of other p- passages in the Bible. Hang with me. We're, gonna, we're getting close. In Acts chapter 8. When the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. <clears throat> By the way, remember, uh, Philip, one of the deacons, Philip the evangelist, he ended up in Samaria and he ministered the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and revival broke out. So now the word got back to the apostles in Jerusalem and that's what this is speaking to. They sent Peter and John to them who when they had come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit for as yet he had not fallen upon any of them. (laughs) They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. They were baptized in the name of Jesus. So watch. They received the baptism of the blood. How do I know that? Because it says that the revival broke out. They heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and then they believed that the blood of Jesus was, listen, was the thing that cleansed them from their sins and they understood that Jesus is Messiah. And so now they want to be water baptized. Why? So that they can say, now we identify with Him. We're putting our flesh to death and we're going to live in this newness of life that was shown to us, that was given to us through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. So now Peter and John go up there. They've already received two baptisms. Now they're going to get another one. But here's what also I know. That we can't believe and we can't say Jesus is Lord and mean it in our hearts unless Holy Spirit is with us. So they've already had Holy Spirit. But there was more. Hallelujah. Thank God there's more. Tell me that. Thank God there's more. Can you say that? Thank God there's more. There's more. There's more to it than where we are right now. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 40 years, 60 years, 80 years. It doesn't matter. There's more. Hallelujah. There's more. Don't settle for where you are. Don't stay there. And you may be, listen, uh, you may be at the top of the mountain, right? You may be having a mountain experience with God right now. Hallelujah. Just remember, it came to pass. In this world, you're going to have trouble. So if you're at the top of the mountain now, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Because the valley's coming. And when the valley comes, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Because He's in the valley showing His strength, carrying you. You know, listen, the mountain doesn't test your faith. Everybody's a believer on the mountaintop. Man, I can't help it. We're going to jump to Acts 19 now. 
And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples. Finding who? Some disciples. Hallelujah. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you what? Believed. When you believed. So now let me pause here because I'm going to tell y'all something. I don't know what you guys read and whose commentaries and all this, but I've seen some commentaries that say that these guys just believed that they were looking for the Messiah to come because, as we'll see here in a moment, that they were baptized by John onto repentance, preparing the way for the Messiah to come. Amen? But Luke wrote Acts. Holy Spirit, through Luke, wrote Acts. Luke always, why would Luke not say disciples of John? And why would Luke say, believed? See, Luke is writing down the experience that Paul said to him. I came upon, and Luke might have even been there, because he traveled with Paul. So he's saying it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul was having, passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus, finding some disciples. Not John's disciples. Disciples. These are disciples of Jesus, y'all. These are people, these are, these are men who, who received Jesus. They understood that Jesus was Messiah. He said to them, did you receive Holy Spirit when you believed? Believe what? Why would he ask them about Holy Spirit if it wasn't in Jesus who they were believing, who was the giver of the Holy Spirit? Was Paul stupid? No. Paul got so much revelation that the other apostles took note of it. Am I, am I man? I mean, am I coming across? Are you hearing me? Am I, are, are, you, are you catching this? Because I got to tell you, I'm about to bust a gasket here. This is so, this, this is not hard, my brothers and sisters. So they said to him, we have not even heard as much as there was a Holy Spirit. And when he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, John's baptism. So this is where people get stuck. Well, see, they were only baptized in John unto repentance. They were preparing for the Messiah. They didn't recognize the Messiah. Then why did Paul recognize them as disciples? And why did he say, since you believed? Because they were disciples of Jesus. They already received Jesus. Okay. Hallelujah. All right, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with baptism of repentance, saying to them, the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When they heard this, they said, okay, we want to be baptized. Dunk us in water, because now we want to be identified only with Jesus. We want to, listen, we want to live this life that Jesus has prescribed for us, and we don't want to live according to the old life anymore. That's what baptism is, and they understood that. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, the men were about 12 in all. There were 12 men that did that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, I am so sick and tired of doctrines and theologies, and, and you know, once you get saved, and, and I've said this from the pulpit, I'm not trying to... Re- there are new people in here, and there are people listening that maybe have never... Listen, that just, when you get saved, that's not all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. This is proof of that. Let me... One more proof. This is definitely proof of this. Listen, watch. In Acts chapter 4, this was after Peter and John. Remember, Peter and John were arrested when they healed a lame man. Remember? They were arrested, they were held over in prison, and then they couldn't do anything to him. They couldn't, they couldn't keep him in prison. They couldn't do much to him because everybody had seen that this man truly was healed. A, a genuine miracle had taken place. So all they need to do is beat him and tell him not to preach in the name of Jesus anymore, right? So they go back to their house. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. So they go back to where all of their uh, fellow Christians were praying. 
right? They get back to him, and this is in Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. See, they're praying to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're thankful that they suffered for His namesake. And now they're saying, give us more boldness to speak Your Word. And that place where they were was shaken. The Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, You are welcome in this place. Holy, their attitude of prayer, their genuineness of spirit, their, ge- their Holy Spirit, we want more of you. We want to speak the word. We thank you, Lord, that we are. Listen, Lord, woe is us. Why are we? No, we thank you that we're worthy to suffer for the namesake of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Fill us with boldness. Give us more boldness that we'll speak your word. And that place where they were, were shaken. Holy Spirit showed up big time, made himself presently known and filled them. Wait a minute. Let's just talk about two of them, Peter and John, who were there when Jesus breathed and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Who were there on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit fell and they were all filled and the cloven tongues as fire stood on each of them and they all began to speak in other... 120 people were baptized with Holy Ghost including the 11 apostles, 11 the original apostles. Ones that had already been breathed on. Ones that had already been told, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. What's the matter? It didn't take? Of course it took. And so now they get baptized with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. And now here we find ourselves in Acts chapter 4. After all, all of a sudden, because they needed power. Go to Jerusalem and wait for, wait for this power that's going to come to you from above. This promise of the Father. Wait for this power and then you're going to be my witnesses. And then when they receive that power, they go to the temple and they're preaching Jesus. 4,000 men got saved that day. My brothers and sisters, the Holy Ghost falls when, and he's preaching. He, Peter, is preaching a message. No longer worried about being arrested or being killed or being crucified. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit was now inside of him. He couldn't hold it back anymore. <laughs> Why are you holding back? Who are you worried about? Who's intimidating you? I know. Your own self. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Let this flesh, I'm pointing to my own body here, let this flesh be put to death. Put this flesh under submission of the Holy Spirit, the promise of God, the power of God. Hallelujah. They did it, and they didn't care. Who knew it? They didn't care. They knew they would be arrested. They knew they would probably be persecuted, and they were thankful for it. Hallelujah. I want that, Lord. I want that, Lord. And not just them, my brothers and sisters. It wasn't just the 12, or excuse me, then the original 11, and then Matthias, who was also then uh, ordained as an apostle to take the place of Judas Iscariot. It, it, It wasn't just them. It was 120. And then after that, anybody who would. Are you there? Hallelujah. So now I'm going to jump into first. I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, aren't I? Good! It's his word, not mine. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, here's what it says beginning in verse 1. Some of this will be up, some of it won't. And I, brethren, when I came to you, this is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. When I, brethren, I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You see that? 
I didn't come to you trying to speak eloquently and with this wisdom of men. I didn't try to impress you and be all wise. No. In fact, <laughs> I claim not to know anything. He says it there. It's not up there yet. I claim not to know anything except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Continuing now in verse 3. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Did you hear what I was, in, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Did you hear that? Hallelujah. Maybe that's why. I, maybe I'm just too stupid. Maybe I don't use uh, proper English. Or maybe my... No, I'm telling you something, my brothers and sisters. If you're waiting for me to be grammatically excellent, you're going to be waiting until the Lord comes home. Or calls us home because it ain't going to happen. I am not that away. <laughs> so, excuse the vernacular, but hallelujah to God, I don't know anything except Jesus Christ and Him crucified risen on the third day, sent me His Spirit, called and chose me. In Jesus' name, He's calling some of you. He's already chosen many of you. Hallelujah. So my preaching in, were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstra- look at this, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Did you see that? That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Do you see that? Your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Right? Okay. I'm seeing amens, hallelujah. See, look, I've seen, and some may say, well, Tony, I've heard people tell me two things about my preaching. Oh, I've had them tell me a lot of things, but some I'm not going to share with you. No, I've had people tell me two things about my preaching. Number one, I use too much scripture. Uh, Number two, I'm not, I'm not animated enough. Listen, if I got any more animated, I'd be jumping out of my clothes and that would not be nice. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, listen, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, it's, it's okay. I'm not going to apologize for using Scripture because that's His Word. But my brothers and sisters, think about this. Listen, and being animated or being, I can't help that. I, I'm, I'm not trying to entertain anybody. I really am not. But I just can't help it. It's like fire shut up in my bones. So if I'm too animated for some of you, eh, you know what? I'm not going to apologize. That's the way he's making me preach. Some people like it. Some people don't. I don't care. I'm just telling you, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Okay? But so, so look, the demonstration of spirit and power. We have had demonstrations of power in, amongst us in our congregations. We have prayed and we've seen immediate healings. We've seen some healings that take a while. We've seen salvations. We see all of those things are powerful. But now watch. Power, is, it's just, it's been turned on its head because a lot of that showy stuff that I described to you earlier, people equate that, well, that's the power of God. No, I could put on a show for you and make you think that it's the power of God. Like many have, right? Come on, don't get quiet on me. Like many have. That's not real. That's not true. But I've also heard people say things and, and, and people will get the people whipped up with what they say and how they say it. Not necessarily seeing signs, wonders, and miracles, even the fake stuff, but just getting people whipped up with what they say and how they say it. When I'm getting emotional or if I'm getting animated, it's not because I'm trying to whip you up. That's just who I am. I'm not making any excuses and I'm not justifying anything. It's like I told you just two times a little while ago. It's like fire shut up in my bones. I can't help it. Well, plus I'm Italian. What are you going to do? 
But, but think, think about this. I've heard pastors and these celebrity preachers up in the pulpit, and I don't know why I do this to myself, but they'll be pre- and I can hear people in the front row saying, wow, wow, are you kidding me? He didn't say anything yet. Wow, that's powerful. It's not powerful. It's, it's, it's not powerful. It's gobbledygook. It's, it's man's wisdom. He's trying to... No, it doesn't work that way. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You see, we sometimes equate something that makes sense to us where we are in the moment, and we equate that with the power of God. I'm not saying, my brothers and sisters, that that doesn't happen. Yeah, it does, but, but listen, just because it makes sense to us in that moment doesn't mean that it's God. I could say some things right now, and a lot of you would agree with it. And not necessarily because, you know, you like me or don't like me or whatever, but you might be going through a similar situation or circumstance. Or it might speak to where we are as a people. Right? Uh, I could speak to you about some current events like I did opening, but please believe me. The opening was just on my heart and on my mind. But I could speak to you about other current events and depending on, you know, you could say yes and amen and that makes sense and you could automatically equate that, well, that's of God. Is it? Just because I've said something that happens to ministry you happen to agree with, does that mean it's powerful and, and God is speaking to you? The answer, no. See, listen, it doesn't have to appeal to us intellectually. In fact, a lot of it shouldn't appeal to us intellectually. Because if I can understand it with my mind, then God is too small. God is telling me I have to get His mind. Not understand Him with the mind that I have. God is saying, I have to get His mind. Let this, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus also be in you. That doesn't mean that I'm trying to, to uh, achieve His degree of intellect. Understand what I'm saying? Although, he's making everything that I need pertaining to this life and godliness, including his nature, available to me. Wow, that's a a plate full, y'all. So I'm without excuse. I got to go after it. See, I I, got to go after that. that, He gave me a plate full. I'm just going to speak to you in that kind of illustration. He gave me a plate full. Okay? If that was a plate full of chocolate chip mint ice cream... I'm going back for more. And as funny as that sounds, as silly as that sounds, you know what I'm talking about. If that was a, if that, fill in the blank, if that was this, I'm going back for more. Especially if it's low carb and I don't have to worry about getting fat. I'm going back for more. Come on, I'm not trying to be silly. I'm trying to make a point. So God has made all this available to us and we're not going back for more? Oh, come on. Oh, come on. This is good preaching. I don't care what you say. Okay, 1 Corinthians 3. Here's what it says. Let no man... Verse 18. Let no one deceive you. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. In the second chapter, which we've studied together many, many times, it talks to us about, listen, the, the wisdom and, 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 and the spirit of God and the things that are of God cannot be understood according to human intellect at all. It has to be understood spiritually. They have to be spiritually discerned. It's only Holy Spirit that in us that helps us to understand what the things of God are. Even, listen... All of the eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has given to those who love Him. They can only be realized, they can only be discerned by Holy Spirit in you. Amen? 
That's where we get it. So there, there, you know, then you see these pastors. I lo- there are certain pastors that are great speakers, and they get all... I, I just watched one during the week. He said a bunch of stuff, and some of what he said was not of God. I, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to... Uh, I'm not here to throw stones at me. Some of what he said wasn't of God. That, he had a church full. That congregation was standing up, and they were, yeah, yeah, amen. They were all whipped up, and they were all, yeah, hallelujah, and shouting it. But part of what he said wasn't of God. Part of what he said. I'm not saying all, part. But they were all whipped up. That's emotional. Listen, I could even speak to you truth, and the way I say it gets you all whipped up emotionally. But unless you receive it in your heart as truth, Listen, and you receive it as God's wisdom. And, and listen, and it's mixed with faith. Where's that from? Holy Spirit. Unless it's mixed with faith, unless Holy Spirit is down inside of you, interpreting these things, making it real to you. That's just emotional. You can leave out of here today feeling really, really good. But if it was emotional, you had an emotional experience and not a Holy Spirit experience. Guess what happens? The first time you go out there and someone kicks you to the curb, it's done. Why? Because it was emotional. Am I... Are you with me? And you know I, I've got to go here. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And I'm, I'm almost done, so bear with me this a little while longer. In Ephesians 5. Write it down. Look at it later. Verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. What does that mean? See that you walk wise, carefully, watchful. Not as fools, but as wise. Again, wisdom. Walk this life, live this life with wisdom. Wisdom from God. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Did you hear what he just said? The days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise. Are you, are you hearing this? Are you, is, is the Holy Spirit ministering to anybody besides me? Therefore, do not be unwise. But understand what the will of the Lord is. See, don't listen to all these people and all these social groups and get off of freaking Facebook. Get off of it. If you can't handle it, you better stay off of it. If you can't handle TikTok, you better stay off of it. Come on, I'm so wound up right now. Listen to me. They're lying to you. They're not giving you wisdom from God. Oh, yeah, but they put scriptures up. Oh, really? Big deal. Listen to me, please. Stop believing lies and half-truths. Stop going there for your daily, whatever it is that you're getting. My brothers and sisters, the Word of God, the Spirit of God wants to minister to you, wants to speak to you wisdom and truth. Ah, and do you with power that you may be His witness. Hallelujah! Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And I've talked to you so many times about this, and many of you don't even need me to tell you because you already know what it means. It doesn't mean be filled with the Spirit one time. It says be in a constant state of being filled with the Spirit. Be ye being filled. Be filled to overflowing. Constantly being filled. And never ending. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come unto me. Amen. Right? Oh my gosh. And, and listen, he has this water that will flow from him. And then he says, it will spring up out of you. He's going to fill you with Holy Spirit continuously. And, he, and then it's going to spill up out of you. Oh, hallelujah. There's this endless supply. This endless supply. 
I'm almost done. I'm going to read to you. Luke. I love this. This jumped off the pages at me this week. It was actually last week. I, I, nev- I never saw it this way, but I... In Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 5, please hear me, please. He said to them, Jesus, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And will he answer from within to say, do not trouble me, the door is shut now and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise... Though he will not rise and give to you because he is a friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. You see what he's saying? I know I jumbled that a little bit. You hear what he's saying? If you go and you knock on the door, right? He's saying, no, I can't. I, I'm in bed with my kids. But if you stay at it, he's going to get up and give you the bread just so you go away. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what he said? Okay, okay so now in verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give Holy Spirit to those who ask? Keep asking. Keep receiving. Keep asking. Let me ask you something. Is Jesus, talk, when he's talking about being persistent, but then he's also talking about food. He's talking about bread. He's talking about an egg. He's, what, right? Come on. Right? He's talking about fish. Let me ask you, do you just take a fish or bread or do you just eat one time and that's it? No. Pretty much, unless you're fasting, you're eating every day. Your body's going to need food every day. Your body, your spiritual body, your spiritual being needs Holy Spirit every day. James tells us, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and without rebuke. I Wisdom comes from Holy Spirit. So every day, my brothers and sisters, I'm asking God, give me more Holy Spirit. Because when I'm asking Him for Holy Spirit, I'm asking for Him. Hallelujah. God, give me more of you. God, give me more of you. God, give me more of you. Hallelujah. 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 Where do you find yourself right now? Are you troubled? Anxious for anything? Oh, be anxious for nothing, but let's be real. Can, can we be real for a minute? Listen, if you've missed the mark, or if you have some emotions that are, listen, against what the Spirit of God tells you, then listen, God didn't kick you to the curb. God is saying, call on me. If you know that these things are not 100%, these things are... God is telling you that. So God is not... Listen, God is revealing that to you so that you could go to Him. And then you say, Lord, 
help me. Lord, give me more of your spirit. Lord, give me more of your wisdom. Lord, I'm hearing these people out in the neighborhood. Lord, I'm hearing the news. Shut off the news. I'm hearing this, Lord. I'm hearing... No. Lord, let me hear you. Lord, I want to hear you. Lord, I want to live my life according to your word. Lord, I want to live according to your wisdom. Lord, I want to be a God pleaser and not a man pleaser. Lord, I want to know what you say, not what they say. Hallelujah. Speak to God that way. He will bless you. How do I know that? He just told us. Whoever asks, receives. But are you asking Him daily? Or did you get to a place in your spiritual walk where you think you've gotten there? Oh, I just have this little issue and that little issue that I'm praying for. My brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters, I I don't know. I'm just, this is ministering to me. This is flying at me. Every day I need to ask for more of Him. Every day I need to ask for more Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So now watch. Listen to me just a little while longer. There are some people who have never been baptized in water. I hope you've been baptized in blood. Baptized in blood? Yeah, Holy Spirit baptizes you in blood. Holy Spirit, listen, Holy Spirit allows you to be washed with the water of the word so that you become, that you believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and you receive his blood as your propitiation, the payment for your sin. When you've come to that, that's, that's being baptized in the blood. And so I know that there's some of you in here who have never been, or some of you watching at home, you've never been baptized in water. Why not? Well, I just have never gotten around to it. Really? He says, he who believes and is baptized is saved. That doesn't mean that if you're not baptized, you're not saved. But if you're living life on this earth and you know that he's asking you and he himself was baptized, why aren't you? It was good enough for him. But then also remember why we get baptized in water in the first place. I'm making a public profession. I'm, 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 now I'm asking for people to hold me accountable because my statement is that the old Tony's died and the new Tony's going to live a life after Christ. So are you afraid that maybe people will hold you accountable? Or you think, well, I just don't need that or it's embarrassing or I should have been... D-. Or let me ask you this. Because I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, unfortunately for us in the church, there are too many who, who were baptized when they were knee-high to a grasshopper and really didn't understand what they were doing. There were too many that went to an altar and said, Jesus, come into my heart, and really didn't understand what that was all about. They just were told to pray that prayer, repeat after me, and now you're saved. Listen, if that's you, and you're not 100% sure whether you've been baptized in the blood, and you're not exactly sure what you were thinking when you were baptized in water change that. You can change it today. The Holy Spirit will baptize you in the blood of Jesus if you understand that Jesus died on that cross. He fulfilled all of God's law. And he was the perfect sacrifice, the perfect Lamb of God. Spiritual law says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So Jesus shed all of his blood so that we can have remission of our sins. And then he came up out of that grave alive three days, fulfilling all of the prophecies and also proving that his life was absolute truth and also that he was the only one qualified to be a savior. Because that same body that was crucified and beaten mercilessly was the same body that came out of that tomb alive. Proving then also to you and I that even death doesn't have the final say-so over you and me. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be baptized in that water and I'm going to come out of that water. I've received his blood and now I'm going to be baptized in that water. Listen, identifying with his death. The old Tony, right? But now what about the spirit? Why do we leave that third one out? 
See, Jesus is the one who baptizes us with his spirit. Now, I'm not asking you to come up here and start speaking in tongues. If that happens, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But what I'm asking you is, if you've, if you've paid attention to the other baptisms, or in your life right now, you, know, you may have not been baptized in water, but you believe in Jesus, and you're a follower of Jesus. Because let me just remind you of another Italian in the Bible, Cornelius. Cornelius believed that Jesus, he heard the God, he, he loved God, and he was serving God how he knew. He was a proselyte, right? And remember, Peter got a vision from God at the same time Cornelius was spoken to by God. And so go send for this guy. So why? So that you can hear the gospel and be a true believer. So listen, remember, Peter went to that house and Peter preached the gospel. While Peter is preaching the gospel, the Holy Spirit fell on that house. All of those people who were in that room, when they heard and they were baptized in the blood, they believed that this Peter who was talking about this Jesus, they believed now in this Jesus was the Christ. And so the Holy Spirit baptized them. The Holy Spirit fell on them and they began to speak in tongues and prof- they began to, sw- to say the wonderful works of God. My brothers and sisters, they were baptized with the Holy Ghost before they were baptized in water. So don't let that preclude you. Ask for the Holy Ghost and be persistent. But if you haven't been baptized in water, be baptized in water. If you haven't been baptized in blood, none of this st- the stuff that I've said can possibly make 100% sense to you. It's not going to make sense to you in your human intellect. It's not man's wisdom, but it's the Spirit of God. Yes. Amen? So stand with me, please. Tony, can you... Uh, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Just play that. While this is playing, I want to ask you, any of you, listen, please. I don't care who you are, how long you've been born again, what your water baptism status is, if you've been baptized in the blood, if you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation, and you want more Holy Spirit, you want more, come down here. Tony, play it. Come down here. And while it's playing, let's ask him. And let's be persistent. And you know what? When you go home, ask him. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, ask him. In the middle of the day, ask him. Come on, don't wait. If we're, if we're having problems with music, don't worry about it. Come on, let's ask him. Let's get more God. Let's get more Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.